But he, if you watch that movie, he just every every line is through his teeth, and they're like front and center in every scene. So. That's his. That, that's his. That's his steez, though. That's what he rocks. You know. It is. <laughs> I mean, it, it just looks like he's getting a constant enema and gritting his teeth as he talks. <laughs> Two <laughs> words, my friends. Two words. Ben Hur. Dig it. <laughs> God damn! I was thinking you're gonna say constant enema. <laughs> no, <laughs> constant enema is That's the name the of my ska band. Ska band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we're off the rails. Welcome to episode number 134 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. I am your host. My name is Cole Ross, and I am joined over Skype today by... David Moneysmith. And Ben Merkel. Thank you so much for uh, lending me your voices and your opinions this fine Tuesday evening, although people listen to this on Friday because I... Um, and very slow at editing. That's aside from the point. What is part of the point is we're actually getting back to our regular kind of format here. We're going to do a quick hits section, three stories, all of which um, have uh, distinct importance on the industry, done in a very focused and succinct way. And then after that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we have been playing. So we're going to hear a little bit of music and come back on the other side with the quick hits. So in case you haven't gathered as much from the name of the segment, uh, Quick Hits is where we take a news story and we talk about it in a very quick fashion. I set a timer for an arbitrary amount of time. Yes, I realize that arbitrary could put it, you know, like at 50 million minutes, but it's arbitrary, you know, under five minutes. So there we go. Ben, I knew you were going to comment. No, (laughs) I wouldn't do that. Coin sound. In public. The... PS Vita, Vita um, has had its release date set. Um, they announced that it will be released in North America on February 22nd of um, 2012. And there's going to be two models. Um, Wi-Fi only will be $250, while AT&T 3G will be um, $300. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, AT and T—that's <laughs> troubling. I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna put. Uh, let's put three minutes on the clock here. Put us under the gun. One um, for each G. <laughs> one for each G, I guess. No, um, when they announced that at Sony's uh, E3 press conference, uh, there was an audible groan from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and see, what's funny is like the, the Kindles. Amazon sells their Kindles, and if you get the 3G, the 3G model on those, it's fine. But then again, you're only downloading about, you know, four kilobytes of text every, you know, couple weeks or so, depending on how quickly you read. Um, so this isn't like a, it's not something you have to depend on for packet loss or anything like that. Um, I'd be more interested to see where you guys, you know, stand on whether or not this high performing handheld uh, can succeed today. I mean, like, where, where do you stand on whether or not you would get one and whether or not this thing has, uh, has the legs it needs? I feel like um, Sony has dramatically burnt their bridges with the, um, what they call their previous handheld. Um, the PSP? 
Yeah, thank you. Especially at this price, they would need to dramatically convince me that it's a good system. I'm not sure, you know, making it on AT&T is a good way to do that. I, I don't know. I, I wonder what they're going to do to convince people, hey, it won't suck this time. Ben? Yeah, I just don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a demand for this type of device. Like, I feel like the games that people play on iPhone, it's like they buy the iPhone first, and then there happens to be games that they play on it. I don't think that people really want a gaming system and, like that happens to have a phone on it. Like, people... I mean, people hardly want a gaming system, just judging by the PSP sales. You know? Well, it's not a phone. It's just that it uses um, AT&T's data network in order to do, like, uh, like you know, access PSN. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So, but, but, the, but the point remains, I mean, this is a data-connected device. Um, I don't know personally. I, like, I've never heard if there's going to be, like, a monthly charge for accessing, you know, 3G. So that could uh, potentially throw um, a monkey wrench into the works, especially if you're trying to do like this is a media device like an iPad, which I happen to pay, you know, 20 to 30 dollars a month to use on the subway. I guess that and there are still an awful lot of uh, um, vagaries associated with, uh, you know, whether or not like certain games require memory cards, memory sticks, uh, like ones that you can save your games on the cartridge itself. Uh can't use a memory card whereas ones that use a memory card you can't save it onto the onto the game cart itself and then the digital distribution stuff it's a big mess <laughs> mansfield build a subway <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking of like the usage case i would imagine the 3g model would be a little bit more uh, a little bit more popular in japan where people are more likely to leave their homes with their uh, uh portable gaming devices whereas Everybody that I've known who's had one of these things here stateside has really used them um, embedded on the toilet. So, Especially on the toilet. <laughs> A report from the research firm EDAR, E-E-D-A-R, has revealed that 51% of HD console owners have purchased DLC in the past 12 months. The expectation is that DLC earnings will surpass $1 billion in 2012, and converting that other 49% could net the industry an additional $600 million. Um, as part of this research uh, report, when people were asked, you know, do you do DLC? People who said no, the top three reasons for not accessing and buying DLC were number one, privacy, number two, no return policy, and number three, too expensive. Let's put four minutes on the clock here. And let's just ask, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, I guess I guess we should talk about whether or not we purchase DLC. David, do you buy downloadable content? Very rarely. I love the idea of DLC. I think it's an amazing idea that more companies should do and should be the way of the future. However, it's almost always crap. That they were like, hey, here's some half-finished features that we happen to have. Let's finish them and sell them for, you know, a third the price of the original game. <laughs> so I feel like it's an amazing, amazing idea, but it's, you know, it's just way too expensive right now. Ben? How, how would you like to see downloadable content done, David? I would say I think you either need to go one of two ways. Either A, you need to have very cheap bite-sized things, 
So, um, you know, if mo- um, Modern Warfare was like, hey, we're going to release, like, for, you know, $3, $4, $5, you know, five new weapons you can lock, or, like, here's a new co-op, interesting co-op mission you can pay- play with your friends for a couple of bo- dollars, that'd be great. On the other hand, I feel like the expansion pack approach really works where it's expensive, but it's, here's a massive, very well-polished thing that you're willing to spend a lot of money on. Like uh undead thing with uh, Red Dead Redemption? Yeah, I would say that one was good. I think the, um, oh, the Fallout um, ones were very good. I think the best this morning to freemium would probably be, um, oh, Kingdom of Loathing, but, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I was actually having a conversation with my brother over the weekend. Uh, I went down to Ironton, and he's really big into the Nazi zombies on uh, Blops, Cod Blops, if you will. Uh, but he had downloaded a bunch of the downloadable content for that, the different zombie maps. It's $15 a pop to get like a couple multiplayer maps and a zombie map. It's $15. Did you guys know this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm at bottom. <laughs> they release four of them uh, a year, and that's actually one of the huge selling points for uh, the Call of Duty Elite, is that you can just like basically pre-express your intent to buy these things, then you save you know a certain amount of money um, in in the process because they just give you all of the DLC without having to pay for it. Um, and that is the model that everybody's kind of going towards. Uh, Gears of War d- did the same thing. Uncharted 3, that has like the Treasure Hunters Pass, which uh, any additional multiplayer maps you can get for basically half price. So, um, you know, th- that ends the, you know, like what he is doing with Project $10. Not to mention uh, Catwoman, uh, you know, coming as a uh, as a code in, uh, in, in Batman. Um, Yes, the DLC is getting expensive, but all these publishers are trying to find a way to work that in and say, hey, listen, if you want to get all of this at once, and if you want to express your desire to get this, then they're trying to make, find a way to make it worth your while. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, 15 bucks is a lot, and I remember that being a lot when it first you know when the when those uh, uh, map packs were first announced. I mean, I personally don't really buy any downloadable content. I can't think of any that I have bought because I know my credit card's been outdated for the last couple of years. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, really, it, it usually for me, it's just too pricey, and and also, um, I think it's too risky as far as uh, Sony's history. You know, just as far as how their credit card information record has been in the past it, it was a little bit like bemusing like like why privacy was listed as number one um mm-hmm. there and i think that hits it right on the head you know when you have you know one of the two uh popular hd consoles their their service their service providers you know basically their security is like a, a leaky sieve uh it's a redundancy i know don't call me <laughs> on it um, yeah, this privacy makes an entirely uh, a lot of sense, somebody being willing to trust that. But there are also, you know, ways to uh, go to a store and buy the, you know, points cards with cash, but that's a, yeah. that's a huge inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like, for me, 
it's almost very frustrating because, you know, I see, you know, when um, the last Modern Warfare 2 came out and the whole thing with the PC shenanigans, one of the things they bitched about was that PC gamers didn't buy any of the map packs. And it's just like you made a game entirely built around making um, leveling up incredibly addicting and then never thought to be like, hey, why don't we do some downloadable content for this thing we explicitly made to be addicting? I don't know. What, they've gone through three iterations and have not done downloadable content that's actually related to the leveling up system on any of them. Oh, you mean like raising a level cap or adding more perks? Yeah, and stuff? so like all adding new weapons, adding new attachments, um, you know, anything like that. Do you yeah. think that's like a balancing issue? Like why they don't want to um, make it so that you can buy more powerful things that, that other people might have worked towards? I I think so. I mean, because if they were to add like, you know, the ability to dual wield shotguns, um, you know, that would be completely over um, overpowered. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was... Yeah, the, the game's not balanced to begin with really that well. And I feel like that's... You, you could find a way to do that. Right. Well, I mean, we we are over time, but I'll throw in my my, my two cents. I'm probably the 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 top, I'd say, two percent use case for DLC. You know, if I really like a game, I'm going to buy the stuff. <laughs> you know, whether you know sales help, like for the Fallout New Vegas DLC. I know around Christmas time it's going to be half price, but uh, like you said, the expansion back model that really uh, tickles my fancy, especially games that I really love but I want to see more of Mass Effect 2 comes uh, mainly to mind, but also Rock Band and things like that. So it's just one of those things where I can't reconcile my mentality with what seems to be half of the people out there who are just opposed to it. I just want to see what you guys thought, because I know that Ben, you are against it and I didn't know your stance on, uh, on, on it, David. So it's, it's not as much as I'm against it. I just don't think it's a good deal right now, I okay. guess. See, like, I'm massively for it. I just think the people currently doing it are idiots. <laughs> and scene. So my story for this week is talking about uh, rumors as far as Grand Theft Auto V. And I had heard talks of Grand Theft Auto V being made, and that was going to be the next game in development. Uh, but this is, I guess, something I just found out tonight. Um, so it's been rumored that Grand Theft Auto V is going to be set in a reinterpretation of Los Angeles, um, similar to the setting of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, or perhaps similar to the setting of L.A. Noir, Rockstar's oh. last game. Yeah. <laughs> um, additionally, it's been rumored that you'll play as more than one protagonist, which would be similar to what they did in the last iteration of Grand Theft Auto 4 with the downloadable content, how you could play as a biker or you could play as uh, Gay Tony's bodyguard. So, interesting. And yeah. then the big the big story, I suppose, or the big point to this is that the trailer for Grand Theft Auto 5 comes out tomorrow. Yeah, which is November second. Unfortunately, this is outdated because uh, uh, you know yeah. the, well, we we have a we have a three day long tape delay. <laughs> we are speaking to you from the past. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's put uh, let's say four minutes on the clock since we're feeling chatty tonight. Uh, ben, I think you have the most skin in the game uh, as regards this because you are a big Grand Theft Auto fan and you uh, mm -hmm. really loved San Andreas. Tell me how this makes you feel. 
Um, I'm interested. I I didn't I didn't know things were developing this quickly. I didn't know that they're going to have a trailer out for it tomorrow. So this is I mean good news for me. I'm excited about it. I say we should make predictions. What we think about what it's going to be like. You know what I mean? I think it'll be interesting. I guess what I hope it is is that they find a good middle ground between um, Grand Theft Auto 4, which I think you know was maybe somewhat pseudo more mature and had a much better storyline. You know, a lot of those sorts of aspects versus San Andreas, which was incredibly fun and just had a lot of just, you know, just awesome things you could do. So it'd be kind of cool if they found a way to kind of have the best of both worlds. I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping for it being set in um, Portland, Oregon. Um, you know, Grand Theft Auto um, hipster um, being able to like punch a hipster and steal his fixie bike. I mean, what's not to love? Drink a bunch of PBR and drive around on your fixie drunk. Grand Theft Williamsburg. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see a where they take it tonally. Of course, I'm I'm more of a fan of the of the goofy. Um, aspects of San Andreas and Vice City. Um, although Grand Theft Auto 4 had its had its perks, I will be um, very displeased if they continue with kind of the mafioso vibe that uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 had. That's why I liked uh, San Andreas' story because it did get away from like, hey, Boshk, we are the mob, boom, you know, um, which is which is completely overdone um, in in crime related media, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But what's going to be really interesting is you know Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas was really really um, ambitious. In the amount of ground that you covered, a, and in the the, the variation in the in the locales. So, I mean, most assuredly, we're not going to see Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Las Vegas with all the countryside in between. In this, that that would be that that would be bug nuts, you know. <laughs> I'd just be interested. Um, you know, when I read this, I was thinking, how many cities are there in America that you know really would fit the Grand Theft Auto? feel because i mean you know definitely new york and la chicago i think would be interesting miami they've done and would probably be good but i feel like a lot of the other big cities in america although big you know culturally vibrant cities don't exactly fit the whole you know grand theft auto vibe Dude, you could do you could make a game just like the show The Wire and set in Baltimore. <laughs> Start off as a drug dealer down at the low rises, work your way to the top. Man. I f- I feel like you could do other cities if they were, you know, ambitious enough and and if they did it, you know, if they executed it well. So, you yeah. know, somewhere in the Rust Belt would be kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like a St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, St. Louis, Detroit. Yeah. It's all about it's all about a sense of place and definitely a um a sense of you know the 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 atmosphere. I think that the game the the locales that they've chosen in the past New York, Miami, and and Los Angeles, uh, primarily Los Angeles, um, have all succeeded because they uh you know kind of evoke this like you can look at any given you know angle any given area and everything is so iconic you can say oh I am at this time and place you know? right right. Mm-hmm. One thing I was going to say to the defense of Grand Theft Auto is with their last iteration of downloadable content for Grand Theft Auto 4, The Ballad of Gay Tony, they did go back to making it a fun game and just making it making it enjoyable to just play around and like although, over-the-top missions. Although most of the reviews I read say, seem to feel like they still 
the storyline was still very strong. Which is the one where you see a, a dude's wang? Is that uh, Lost and Damned? Ooh, I don't know. Possibly. I never completed that one. So Okay, yeah. In uh, one of those, you, 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 there, there's full frontal male nudity. Right on. Way to go, Way to go Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Pushing new bounds with every game. <laughs> shine on. So yeah, I, I guess we'll see it tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be interested to see it because obviously this is going to light the world on fire. And what's kind of heartening, there's usually a really quick turnaround between um, like the announcement of a new Grand Theft Auto and when it comes out. Mm-hmm. They, they, like Rockstar isn't the kind you know, of place that says like, okay, here's our thing, and then 18 months later, here's our thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it's it. gonna, you know it's gonna come out April or May of next year. Yeah, That's, you know I what mean, would be hilarious? Set it like in Paris. <laughs> I play it. Oh or yeah, like, no, no, I, I think that would actually could be kind of cool, but it it would just be weird. Yeah, we're, do, we're, do like the French Connection, you know. Or yeah. if they're like five years behind the time they said it in Africa, <laughs> like every game did five years ago. Uh. But they were also good. So, guys, the important question of our times and of this evening: What uh, which 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 you been playing? What you been playing there, Cole? What you just been curious. playing? Just curious, you know. Well, do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I mean, I can start. That's fine. I'll get. This. You don't have to start. No, no. I'll I don't want to. I don't want to force your hand. I'll get this. I I'll want start. to force your hand. Hey, let's I get... will take your hand by force. You know what? I will. I, 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 let's get this boulder rolling. Come on. Um, <laughs> Are you going to be the Indiana Jones in this boulder rolling scenario? I, I'm going to be the boulder. Who's going to be Indiana Jones then? The, the listeners and their sense of propriety. Got yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, let's let's see here. I'll, I'll start with uh, let's let's start slow and go fast. Um, been playing a little bit more Kotor. Um, and by a little bit more, I'm I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit through more through Dantooine. Um, I just did the uh, the trial out in the fields with uh okay. with the two guys uh who uh, holding like a semi phoenix Wright style who did what based on the yeah. answers, they tell you that was neat what uh what was the conclusion that you came to <laughs> the conclusion that i came to was that was that they were both guilty mm-hmm. um but i didn't have the evidence to back it up so i still got experience for it I, yeah. I called it and he said yeah you know what you're right but as a jedi you have to you know not make wild accusations and go with your gut you have to be certain Right? Yeah, yeah. Screw that. As a Jedi, you have the power to do whatever the hell you want. That's the point. But he's a Padawan. He's a Jedi. He's learning. Yeah. He's not. He's not a Jedi Master yet, David. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh, working my way through the wilds and fighting those Cathounds, I died quite a bit, actually, which is unfortunate. But um, you know, you're you're a scoundrel, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah, I'm a I'm a scoundrel, and uh, for my Jedi class, I took consular. Yeah, you you might die some sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I've, I've got a I've got, I've got a Karth and uh, what's his name Z the, uh, the 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 Wookie with me. So, uh, yeah, Big Z, yeah, yeah, Big Z. 
So, so yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, it's been a lot of like meta stuff, uh, with that. So, you know, selling stuff and trying to, you know, get a hold of as much credits as I can so I can upgrade people's stuff. Um, I, I have to say that I was willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because it was a Bioware thing and Bioware has not always been known for its, for doing the best work with their interfaces, but man, like working your way through your inventory and like equipping your stuff, that is, that is just a nightmare, honestly. Oh, you don't like it? No, no. Like, especially when it comes uh, to, like, comparing the stats of any given piece of equipment to what you might already be holding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awful lot of, like, okay, looking at this, you know, uh, realizing, okay, this one uh, is, is a D12 roll as opposed to the, the other one, which is a D10 roll. Um, like, okay, what do I, which one do I have? Okay, I need to make a note of that. Go back and look at it. Okay, should I buy that one? No. Okay. Yes, no. Oh, wait, maybe let me go back and check. Back, back, back. Go through the menus. It's a whole big kind of kind of mess. Um, they they, they uh, don't do a very good job of using their screen space to present that information to you, like uh, like the, uh, the entire interface like menu window for looking at your inventory and equipping yourself. It's about like a third the size of the entire screen, and it's like, dudes, blow this up. Show me as much as you can, um, but they don't. Um, so... And that's one of those things that I feel like they lost somewhere between uh, somewhere between Neverwinter Nights and this. Neverwinter Nights had a really good uh, um, uh, interface for that, that and Baldur's Gate, and so that's kind of kind of bumming me out just a little bit. Bummer. Yeah. yeah I remember liking Neverwinter Nights' um, interface. Yeah. I mean, like it's a good game. Um, I think that it's much better when you get to like the the Hordes of the Underdark. That that one is, uh, I think, the the, the best. I feel like that was the one most overtly where, like, a lot of the good ideas met up with also good game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Never went you know, that that game and that series. They're definitely not the uh, the crown jewels of Bioware's um, achievements. Um, I think that those that that goes to Baldur's Gate and that's the Old Republic, and then more recently Mass Effect. But they're playing a different game now. They're making a different game now. Um, mm-hmm. So. But I mean, I still like it. Um, I can definitely, it's kind of bizarre playing Knights after having been so uh, firmly acquainted with Mass Effect because that DNA is so apparent, like right down to like locating where people, you know, usually stand in your ship and everything. Yeah. Have, or do you cycle through the triggers to select the different people? Or I guess you're doing it on PC. I'm doing it on PC you? so I can just click on their portraits. But Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. PC superior? No. <laughs> well, I'm doing it on a Mac, but you know, it, it is it yeah, is yeah. it is like a personal computer. It's <laughs> it's still a PC. It's personal computer esque. Yeah. Uh, one thing. Well, yeah. One thing is, uh, if you go to where the Ebon Hawk is on Dantooine, <laughs> and if you go to the right, there should be a merchant there. And I think he sells like a, it's either a strength belt or like a dexterity belt that's really nice and a good deal. So if you have the credits, if you've been saving up, then that's something that might be it's worth investing in. It's a good deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, saw, I saw it. Um, I, I think the one you're talking about, it was like 7,000 credits. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, a lot. <laughs> is it a strength belt or. I, I forget, but I was like, ooh, I want that. And then I couldn't get it. No, you know what I'm thinking of? There there were gloves. There were gloves that raised your uh, dexterity and your, uh, um, what am I thinking of here? Security skill? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that like lock picking? Yeah, yeah, for, for, for breaking through doors and stuff. So, which I wanted because I don't really have anything on my on my hands. Uh, so, 
Yeah. Oh, well. So there will be more of that in the future here, um, especially uh, we have one, we have one more episode uh, to go before I completely fall down the Skyrim hole. Um, so <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> the Skyrim chasm, um, as it were. Um, what I what I will say um, though, if 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 I can move on from from Knights of the Old Republic, um, is that I, I need to eat some crow here. Okay. Okay. Um, because mm. my my initial impressions um, uh, a couple of episodes ago of of Dark Souls, uh, they were um, ill founded. Um, and I am I am one hundred percent willing to take back uh, some of the negative things that I said about the game, having um, gone back into it and uh, taken a look at it uh, more fairly, given it some more time. How's the crow taste? <laughs> <laughs> difficult it tastes very difficult um so before i said like man i couldn't get past the first like i couldn't even get out of the hub world man well the thing is and i knew that maybe i was doing something wrong um a i didn't really understand the combat that much and b um you, there, there are like three paths that you can take out of the hub world to go, you know, hub area, I guess, to go, and, you know, proceed through the game. Problem is, there's only one of them that you're meant to take on at the start, and there's no indication uh, that that's the one you're supposed to go to. The only way it tells you that is you run into enemies that are way, way, way too powerful for you if you go the wrong way. Okay. And the problem is, with as hard as the game is, it's difficult to tell which ones are hard because they're supposed to be impossible at your level, and which ones are hard because you're incompetent at combat. Um, and the sad thing about the combat is, you know, most games that I've played and most games that you that, that all of us have played have really kind of uh, told us to take like a hack and slash um, attitude, you know, attack with wild abandon, see what sticks, and then maybe dodge out of the way or something. Whereas this, you have to watch and pay attention to and measure every single strike that you do. Um, because if you're not hiding behind your shield, something will hit you and get you into a combo and kill you. So it's all about managing a, your stamina level. So like, uh, because if your stam, like if, as you're holding your shield up, if you're, if you're shielded and something hits that, it takes away from your stamina first. And then after it goes through your stamina bar, it goes into your health. So you have to manage that and back away and drop things down and raise that up. But you also have to manage their openness as well. So you have to figure out how to lure them out of their cover. And there's a whole other aspect of it where you can uh, parry attacks by pressing the left trigger, which knocks their weapon away and then leaves them like way open. And then you can do an instant kill on them. So if you're willing to leave yourself open enough to time it correctly and hit them, you can kill anything in one hit. How doable is the parry? Uh, if you are acquainted with its animation and its pattern and everything, and you know, like, okay, he's coming in wide from the left, so I need to parry at this particular point in the swing, then you can do it. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. So, so like after, you know, I, I, I admit I had to read a couple of beginners guides and watch some, you know, YouTube, um, here's how to do it kind of things, but I kind of got into it and what that led me to realize and what it led me to, um, kind of appreciate is, you know, they like open world is really, um, kind of a, kind of an over applied label. I think it's kind of like marketing a game like this has 80 hours of gameplay in it. You can go anywhere and do anything. This is open world in the sense that shadow of the Colossus is open world. Okay. In that 
uh, and like eco to a certain extent. Like if you look into the horizon and you see something, you're going to be going there. Okay. Like everything that you see is a place that you can get to and explore. And it's a matter of can you um, work your way from checkpoint to checkpoint um, enough to, you know, get to that. Right. And everything is kind of uh, mysterious. It's really lonely. Um, and like, just, uh, <laughs> it, it's almost like you guys know the, the, uh, the Homestar Runner teens, teen girl squad videos. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, arrowed. <laughs> um, th- th- there's enough <laughs> stuff hiding around every single corner and most of it can kill you in two hits to where I just, I'll just say bouldered and you know, I'll like, okay, yeah, I need to remember next time that there's a boulder that's going to come rolling down the rolling down the stairs. And then little by little, just through that sheer hours long attrition, you figure it out until you can do these sequences perfectly. And that goes up to killing bosses that are, you know, uh, 20, 50 times your size. Right. Okay. Kind of like shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, now you get, do you find yourself getting better with it as you go? I do, yeah. And um, it's a difficulty wall gives way to a difficulty curve. And then you hit the zone where you kind of like work your way with kind of pretty great ease until you hit the next difficulty wall. And then you get over it again. But just the the sheer amount of tension, I can only liken it, and neither of you have played Minecraft, so you can't, uh, so, so you probably wouldn't have the, the only approximation that I can give. But like in Minecraft, after you, like, say you venture deep into the earth, and you're in uncharted territory, you don't have any real safe ground, but you have like 50 diamonds, which is a really high number, but there's a lot of stuff that you don't want to lose. And then you are incredibly tense and just terrified because if something were to go wrong, you would lose all of that unless you could get back, unless you could get back to it. Okay. So the same mm-hmm. thing goes with this, because every time you die, you leave a blood stain that you have to get back to, um, without dying again, or else you lose all of that and, uh, all of your progress, which is measured in souls, souls, which can be used to buy new weapons or to, uh, or to, uh, uh, level yourself up at these bonfires that are, you know, scattered very far apart throughout this world. Um, so you have to like, when, when you beat this boss and you get, you know, 2000 souls, which can level you up a couple times, you're like, okay, I need, you have to make a decision. Do I forge ahead and potentially run into something that's even tougher, which happened to me because right after I beat this big bull demon, um, I got to a bridge and then I was immediately swooped and burned to death by a red dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that awesome thing that you just killed and you felt a great wash of relief. Yeah. You just got killed by something even huger that you're going to have to kill later. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but I had an amazing experience where I I just, I've been playing for about eight hours, got through the first uh, dungeon, which is like this abandoned town that's filled with the undead. Um, and, uh, this leads into, um, uh, something called the undead parish, which is a big church, you know, ca- uh, cathedral style area that's filled with even more stuff. And I kind of figured, okay, I can either run, I can either go back or I can go forward. And as I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go forward. I'm in it to win it. So I just made a dash for it and I was running past everything. And I'm like, I need to find something. I need to find my way to the next bonfire to the next safe area, you know, cause there's gotta be one here soon. I actually managed to find an elevator that took me back to the central hub area. So now instead of having to work my way back through the undead Berg, by sheer luck, 
I guess I found something that would take me right back up to like where I could start. And actually I'd be linked back from a stronger fire. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these like awesome exhilarating kind of things that come after mastering it. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. I like it. I, I really, I really do a lot. <laughs> when did you yeah, start playing I, it, it again? It, um, I started playing it again. Well, yeah. Sunday, Sunday. Okay. It really sounds like a game that um, uses the difficulty to for a reason, not just to be like, you know, show how awesome you are, my EP is bigger. Um, you know, it sounds like it's a game that actually uses the, um, the difficulty, which I think is good. It doesn't, it, it doesn't feel unfair as much as, you know, it, may, it might sound like it. It doesn't feel unfair. It just sounds very, it feels very harsh. It feels like these are the rules. And we're going to be strict with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've had a fun couple of days with it. Um, I, I really wouldn't have given it another chance, except I was listening to the Joystick podcast and Griffin McElroy, who is somebody whose opinion I really, really trust. Um, you know, I, I like his reviews and the things that he's talked about on podcasts. He he basically proposed marriage to it. <laughs> and it was like, maybe there's something that I'm missing because I feel like he'd, he'd have to move to like California for that <laughs> to marry an inanimate object. Yeah. Um, so that's what got me back into it. So in case you're listening, Griffin, thanks. Uh, that's neat. So it's definitely something that's, uh, it's, uh, man, it's tough. I am, I am suffering an embarrassment of riches, um, as goes RPGs right now. So, and as you said, Skyrim's coming out in two weeks. So. Yeah. I know I I don't want to be that guy that always goes back to one game, but a lot of the things you're saying remind me a lot of why I love the original Stalker game. Uh huh. Um, you know, I just the 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 sense of desperation and that sort of um, you know, I've I've said in the past like it's the only game I've played that I would say I felt like truly had the survival aspect of survival horror. This game is survival horror. It's so scary. Well, but I feel like um, a lot of them, they're scary, but it's not really survival. It's not like, how can I, you know, rely on all of my wits in order to survive in this, um, you know, over-the-top hostile environment? It's like, how can I run from these particular zombies right now? Where it sounds like, you know, Stalker was like that, it sounds like this is much more of a very true you know, survival, you know, I have to be smart or the wilderness or the whatever the is going to kill me, you know, more of that sort of vibe. It's a haunted house versus welcome to the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, oh, do you want to know another thing? And this is something that I don't quite jibe with, something I don't really appreciate. Um, You can't pause. Yeah, that's that's a thing. (laughs) That's a big thing. So you have to be damn sure that you're in a place that you can't, like, that nothing can get to you um, before you take a pee break or something, which I don't get it from a design standpoint. Because, like, even when you're trying to shuffle around your equipment, you have to be in a safe place or else things can kill you. So, yeah, that, that that's one of those aspects where, no, this doesn't feel strict. This just feels unfair um, because I, I'm so used to being able to start and stop at my convenience. But Does it yeah. still have the griefing from the original game where people could just randomly come in and kill you? 
Uh, yes, except you have to be human to do it. And after you die, you become undead. So you have to opt in to that almost, oh, okay. except you get better drops when you're human and you have to spend humanity, which is a rarer resource than souls in order to do that. Um, but uh, also the other thing from Demon Souls, which is leaving messages for people potentially to help them or mislead them is never to help. them. It's it's in full effect. The ones that are there to grief you, um, they're, they're, they're very transparent. Like if you walk up to a ledge and it says jump, um, <laughs> <laughs> do it, you, you know, know, you want to, because it looks like there are places that you can get to. And I even looked you know, looked online and I was like, okay, let me look for this particular area. See if that is something I can jump to and get. And it says, yeah, people tell you to jump here. Don't do that. But there are really helpful ones which say like, hey, there's an item ahead that you probably wouldn't be able to see from the main beaten path. Or like as you come to a T intersection in a hallway, it'll say like, hey, be wary of right. And, okay. you know, sure enough, there's a dude with a spear standing to the right of you. Is it just me that that all, it always reminded me, um, or I guess looking back reminded me because I played um, Demon Souls first, but of um, Alan Wake, the random flashlight messages. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I don't know. That's that's what that's what the messages from players that always remind me of. It feels like graffiti or hobo signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it does. It feels like hobo signs, like you know, lots of food here, or man with shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Be wary. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> Is it for everybody? God no. But uh, I'm happy that I gave it a second chance. I really am. And you're a better person because of it. <laughs> oh, oh man. Heartwarming it is. Oh, okay, so I went pretty long on that. Um, how do you guys, like, what you what you been up to vis a vis video game playing? I can go. Okay, go ahead, David. All right. Um, I've been, um, not surprisingly, been playing Fallout New Vegas. Not exactly necessarily all of these in this order, but I finished up the... Um, the rest of the Brotherhood getting your powered armor um, quest. Everybody loves the power armor, man. It's awesome. I, I rolled around in a duster. <laughs> Wait, where did you find a duster? I found the duster. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely unfair. <laughs> I forget. Just look it up on the wiki. On the, on the, on the, on yeah, the I'll be honest. I have been using that some. I've tried to keep it more to just like it guiding me on like vaguely hey this is a thing go get go look for it but um but no i i got that um you know overall thought was pretty good um was lit um i don't know this is probably a spoiler was a little bit um upset that um when crap goes down from um uh veronica's storyline and um, people end up dead if you um, go back. They don't, like, mention it at all. You can't be like, hey, what the hell? Um, so that kind of disappointed me. But the other um, thing, partially um, part of this, partially to get um, some better weapons, I, um, I've i been um, vault diving, um, vault crawling. Oh, yeah. Um. I don't know quite how to... I feel like this... What I'm going to say that is kind of inherently spoilers. Because unfortunately, one of the things I love about it is each of the vaults are like their own self-contained story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I really enjoy, um, I enjoyed kind of the, um, the, uh, I believe it was what, Vault 11, the sacrificial, um, sacrifice to the computer god vault. Um, was that the one with the anti-campaigns? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the fact, um, the degree to which, you know, it kind of revealed that as it went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, putting two and two together, um, it, I, I'll be honest. Like all of the vaults are fairly incredibly depressing, um, especially that one. Gee, but something in a Fallout game is depressing. <laughs> I, I haven't found most of it to actually be that depressing. Although that may just be uh, a relic of my outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I I have enjoyed um, some of the kind of messages, you know. Um, I enjoyed um, that one, you know, just showing that um, democ- pure democracy is actually a very very bad idea. What's cool? What's cool about those vaults is like they because they're so self contained, they they're kind of like their own little like cells of of of, of narrative, right? Right. Right. They don't have to they like they almost don't have to play by the rules of anything that like rests outside of it. Right, right. You know, so like you know, I enjoyed that. Um, I I really enjoy. I liked um, Vault Thirty Four, um, the um, irradiated vault. Um, the radiation eventually got annoying. Um, although it did remind me of uh, Stalker a lot, but um, I I really enjoyed the fact that um. That they didn't go with the whole like guns are bad, guns caused um, the vault to fail, and they actually um, show the exact opposite. Um, they ultimately show the vault getting overrun because the government's the only one with guns, and so then when the people try to um, you know fight back against its authority, they just get. Um, you know, massively um, killed off. So I, I, I found it interesting that they set it up to make um, one point and then go completely off the other direction and make a completely different statement. Yeah, they've never... Uh, the, the, none of the follow games have ever been politically simple. Uh, we're going to yeah. take one second here, actually. Wait. Sure. Hello! Hey! Yes! Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Where have you been? Welcome to the party. Oh my hey, god! So I just—it's going well. I, I just got out of um, night meetings Ooh. for work. Oh. So uh, I am here. I am really excited about Uncharted Three, and I have no idea what you guys were just talking about. That's but I good because I actually want an excuse to talk about it. So I look <laughs> forward to your, um, what we what you've been playing. Yeah, well, we're we're right in the middle of the what we've been playing. Um, Sweet. So 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 David was talking about was talking about Fallout New Vegas um, when it, when I added you in. Um, did you have uh, did you have any any other thoughts on that? David? Well, um, and then the other thing I um, did is um, I've been um, wrapping up the um, companion stories. It's actually kind of funny. Um, I recruited um, both um, Rose and Raul. Okay. Um, Raul's a little weird um, for me because I inadvertently um, skipped um, pretty much all of the quests associated with that area. 
because um, the the last part of the getting the powered armor is you have to um, place a beacon in the pretty much in the middle of there. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you're supposed to kind of fight your way up and you know go through all the quest line. I just um, snuck in. I I think the entire time um, I was getting to was Dark Mountain or whatever, I killed one person, and so ultimately I. Um, I end up just like in a place, and Rose there is like, "Hey, I'm like, yep. you want to come with me?" <laughs> so, so I I have no background on him, like I have no idea like what we're supposed to lead up to this. That's funny, but um, I don't know. I find the character um kind of alternating between really funny and really annoying. See, I never got him. Yeah, I didn't I, get him either. Like, I did the Black Mountain quest, and there was a door that I couldn't open, so I guess that is where he is, but... Yeah. Glitchy glitch yeah. glitch? Maybe. That's Fallout. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so um, I actually um, ran into a big glitch, but that, that one's more boring. I gotcha. The the other big thing um, is I uh, broke down and got uh, Battlefield 3. Okay. Ooh. Um... <sighs> Interest, interesting game. Um, the graphics to me, uh, obviously, you know, known for you know having incredible, incredible graphics. Although I find them interesting because, for the most part, I don't notice them, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I almost feel like, Grand, like I'm, um, I currently have it set up. I had textures on high, everything else on medium. I just bumped up um, model um, like details too high, so I'm slowly like bumping up my settings and you know playing for a while. So, but still, they're still pretty good. I feel like some of it, it's almost like they're very, you know, it's very very realistic. So you don't so much have so many moments where you're like, oh, these graphics are amazing. It's more just like. Oh, this is like every war movie I've ever seen, which that's actually an amazing achievement, but it's not so obvious, you know? Yeah, so it's not like a G Wiz kind of effect. Yeah, like like the fact that like when when you die, you like fall over and like your hand like reaches out, you know, clinging clinging to life and like, you know, obviously your your hand, you know, is fully <laughs> rendered, you know, you're wearing a glove, you know, all of that. But it's it just looks like, you know, it doesn't come across as oh that's amazing. It just comes across as very realistic, <laughs> on, very representational. Yeah, right. On I will say on the other hand, um, something that is very interesting and obvious is they've done a lot with um, you getting blinded, okay, by bright light. So like um, one of the things, and it's a little bit forced, but um. If you attach um, flashlights, tactical flashlights to your weapons, one of the big uses of them is um, if you shine them in someone's face, they'll just see like, you know, what 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 it looks like if someone shines a flashlight in your eyes, <laughs> right? Which tends to make it hard to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, it also is um, if you're at long range, is like having a big shoot here sign. <laughs> So, but, um, so are you playing? So you're playing the single player, not the multiplayer. Multiplayer. Or you're playing multiplayer. multiplayer. Okay. Oh, so but, this is something that you would use in multiplayer. Yeah, and I will That's say, cool. um, 
where I really noticed it though is earlier today I had a match where um, I legitimately had to um, flank around a position because I was trying to come in it straight and I was going towards the sun and I couldn't see it was blinding <laughs> me. Huh. So, I mean, the fact that that's a thing. See, I'd be interested to know if they actually model um, sc- scope glare. What do you mean? To, to where, um, you know, you, you hear these stories about, like, you know, people in Vietnam. Actually, like they would. Oh, yeah, they've yeah. actually said, yes, they do. So, so you can actually catch a glint off of somebody's scope if they if they if they, <laughs> yeah. if they go over you. Yes, that's, that's um, weird. one of the ways they they're trying to balance snipers. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, um, snipers seem to be um, much more balanced in this um, in this game. Um, you know, it seems like they're actually useful but not annoying. Um, on the other hand, I will say they're always annoying to have in your squad because they they're helpful to your team. They're just not ne- really helpful to you. <laughs> so you don't want. Unfortunately, you don't want them to be in your squad. What's you know? Was any any multiplayer game with snipers usually if it's team based, it becomes. Um, sniper matching and sniper duels so like okay they have a sniper so we need to get another sniper and then we need to put another sniper on because you know that way we have somebody sniping you know the enemy team members and not just the enemy sniper then they add another sniper and then eventually everybody is a sniper everybody's sniping yeah it feels like i'm much more often getting killed by a sniper and then when it like zooms into them they're actually like reasonably near the battlefield like engaging the uh, the flag so i think that's good okay i will say um there are some very negative things um the unlock system although i feel like very well implemented is incredibly horribly planned to to give you an idea um all of the clan, all of your default weapons um, are different depending on which faction you play. Which means when you unlock attachments, um, if you play as the other um, faction, all of a sudden you don't have your attachments, and it automatically puts you in a faction when you start a game. Mm-hmm. And then you don't actually. Um, most of them, um, mo- all of the classes, you don't actually unlock a weapon that's um, the same for both until, like, three or four unlocks in. Okay. So, and, you know, just things like, um, you know, for your um, weapons that can be used with any class, the unlock is, like, a, a, I want to say, like, a shotgun, a pistol, a machine pistol, another pistol, and then, like, finally a submachine gun where it should have been, like, an all-around submachine gun as the very first thing you unlock. It, it just it doesn't seem like they have a good handle on giving you, like, the basic all-around things you'll need to be competitive first, and then giving you the specialist, you know, gee whiz things. Haven't you ever heard of hazing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I feel like their unlock thing is just very poorly planned. The last thing I'll say, um, sorry, because I'm kind of going long. Um, the interface is also, unfortunately, really bad. Um, the Whenever anyone uses text chat, pops up, takes up half your screen. Ooh. Um, and then spawning in, you 
I know it, it just, you, you can't, it's very hard to know what's going on when you're spawning in. Um, you can't just click on a control point on the map and say, I want to spawn at this one. You have to click in the menu and then it shows you where on the map the control point is. Okay. So weird. Yeah. So, sorry, I've gone too long, but it's still a very good game. It's, let's be honest, it's only released on one system. The um, <laughs> console versions aren't the same game when you, I mean, it's not Battlefield without 64 player matches. This is true. And that definitely the, the, the development is forked between those two of them. So. True. Although the uh, team deathmatch is pretty fun. So. Yeah, that that kind of runs counter to, you know, Battlefield has pretty much always been territory, 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 you know. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, let's see here. I'm going to keep us in suspense about Uncharted. Uh, let's let, let's hear from Ben. Uh, I don't have a whole lot. I won't take up too much time. Uh, since the spoiler cast we did last week, I the only thing I've done is played a little bit more of Arkham City. I got all the Riddler trophies. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I uh, beat all the side missions that they have, and um, and so then I went and looked at some of the challenge maps that they have. Uh-huh. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, to have you unlocked the the black mask mission where you're on a train fighting? No, I haven't. I haven't unlocked that. Okay, it's 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 one of the last ones you unlock, but it's just this it's just this mission where you're you're fighting people on a train and you end up fighting uh, the Black Mask, which is pretty cool because you know like he's a character who you can get a trophy of him, but he's not really in the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, so some of those side missions are pretty fun, and uh, and I started playing the plus mode uh, a little bit today just to play around with it. So it's. It's uh, the game without the lightning bolts over people's heads <laughs> to let you know that they're going to hit you. Um, did, you so talk, been, did you talk to Calendar Man on Halloween? I didn't, but I saw a video of how all the different speeches that he has. Okay. And I have you heard about how uh, the one boat in the middle of the sea has uh, an order for the scarecrow? And there's like a person, and there's insects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, my 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 buddy Andrew, he told me about that. Um, in okay. in in, re- in relation to us lamenting scare the lack of scarecrow in the game. Spoiler. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a little a little taste there. And then, um, what else? Have you heard about the radio signals? The the ones that spout off numbers. Yeah. And there's like a code to that or whatever. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so I've just been playing around with that a little bit, so that's been fun. There is a lot in that game. I, I really recommend if you if you haven't played Arkham City and you avoided the spoiler cast that we did last week for that, um, once you you know su- sufficiently get through the story, go back and check that out because I feel like in relation to a lot of the other stuff I've listened to, we were pretty um, um, exhaustive in that regard. Not to toot my own horn, but it's cool. So mm-hmm. definitely, oh, you know, please play the game because it's amazing. But also uh, go check that out. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you like so you've basically a hundred percent of this. That. <laughs> Uh, I'm like seventy percent through, okay. I think. Damn. So there's there's still things that need to be done. I also started playing. I the when I started playing the plus mode, I started playing with the Catwoman storyline on it. Okay. So yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
So cool. Yeah. Well, what's next for you? I mean, um, Arkham City was really your 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 big uh, your big kaboom for this uh, for this winter, right? Well, yeah. I'm I'm finishing up. I I'm I'm doing work for the next week, and, <laughs> and then it's vacation, and I will probably also get Uncharted Three and oh, play yeah. that. So. Cool. So with all that talk about Uncharted Three, this leads into uh, into you quite well, Dennis. Uh, what do you think? I absolutely loved Uncharted Three. I haven't <laughs> been it yet. Um, okay. In fact, I've only played about um, ten minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... That is certainty, <laughs> constant listener. That is certainty. Yeah. Well, I figure by the time this gets on the air, I will have finished it, and then it will be accurate to say I have loved. It's but, so the the story here is I I got it in the mail today. Um, my brothers pre-ordered it for me as a wedding gift actually, which was the uh, coolest thing I got. Uh, yeah, that's so. kind of a cool wedding gift. I've got. Yeah. And and by the way, I've had multiple people tell me though that I kind of look like Nathan Drake, and I'm I'm kind of happy about that. So, <laughs> I I can kind of see it. It's nice to be told you look look like a badass. I've been likened to Samwise Gamgee and Seth Rogen. So. Um, you got lucky there. People like, uh, <laughs> like it too. But yeah, so I, I, um, I got in the mail today, but I couldn't pick it up till after work. I had to stay late at work. Then I had to drive out to my parents' house cause that's where they mailed it. <laughs> um, and then pick it up and go back. And on the way back, I ran into probably every traffic jam and construction <laughs> site possible. It's always when you need to be home. Oh, I was flipping out. And so I got home and I ran upstairs. I was like, if this thing hasn't installed day one, I will flip my shit. <laughs> and thankfully it didn't. It booted right up to the game's credit. And uh, I hopped into the story and played the opening chapter and a half. Um, so 1.5 chapters, two huge twists that I never would have seen coming. So it, the game is off to an awesome start. Uh, and uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be snuggled up in my Snuggie playing Uncharted. Is <laughs> <laughs> that another wedding gift? No, yes, this is this is my my uh, wedding wedding Snuggie. Uh, <laughs> it's it's built. It's made for it. It's made for two. <laughs> it's made for it's made for two. <laughs> oh, but uh, and uh, and so I, honestly, I can't say anything about it yet. Um, although I will say one quick thing about the combat system. So. Uh, the one thing is that they, you know, they've revamped the combat system. That was probably my biggest complaint from Uncharted Two. Mm-hmm. Um, was just it was a little clunky, and if you ever got into a fist fight during a firefight, you know, you were done. Um, but they they've redone it, and the first chapter is kind of this big tutorial for the combat, and the dynamic stuff that happens during combat is absolutely amazing. So you're able now to throw people. Um, just kind of give them a shove or a push uh, as you're fighting them. And uh, you're also, you know, it's got a very specific move set for when people are up against walls and based on what's around you, you'll do different things. So during one fight, I threw a guy through a window and this, this is not like pre-scripted stuff. Threw a guy through a window, then grabbed another guy, threw him up against a stove um, and punched him, grabbed a pot on the stove and knocked his head against it. Oh god! And this is this is the, like if I hadn't have gone to that corner of the room, I never would have seen that fight. You know, I never, I never would have huh. done that. So it was absolutely amazing. Um, I won't say anything about either of the twists. The game looks amazing. Um, I'm playing it in standard def, and I'm hoping to get it to TV around uh, Thanksgiving time <laughs> for, uh, for Black Black Friday. 
Um, and I can't wait to see the game in high def. Yeah. Uh, I also I also get some pre-order content, so I get um, uh, a kickback called Carpet Bomb. I don't know what any of these things are yet. <laughs> I think it's like a like a um, Call of Duty perk, like after you die or just uh, something. It's a special ability that you get. There you go. Yeah. So I, I've got that, and I've got a couple clip size modifiers. So the it, it's this is the first time I've ever gotten uh, pre-order content. Cool. So this is an interesting little change up for me. We'll see if I end up enjoying it. I'm I'm really kind of torn. Oh, I was torn on a couple things. One, what difficulty to play through the first time, and then two, how long I should wait before going online for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So, would, ooh, go go ahead. I feel like that's a game I would beat before I did multiplayer. Yeah, for, I would too. For story reasons or just for, yeah. Like, mechanically? <sighs> Yeah, and I've I've always been a completionist like that. So yeah. the other thing is that the locales in Uncharted are are so amazing that uh, you know I feel like if I went to a multiplayer arena that was themed after a section that was a surprise, oh, perhaps. Yeah, uh, may, maybe that's kind of it. You know, it's not so much that it would spoil content, but that it would more. You know, it's take, more. Yeah, yeah, that take the wow <laughs> factor with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, why am I playing multiplayer on the surface of the moon? Oh, oh, oh wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Crap! <laughs> yeah. Um, that so needs I, to be Uncharted 4, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Uncharted 4, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll probably try to get through the game. And then the, the difficulty, I, I played Uncharted 2 through and 100%ed it. Um leading up to Uncharted 3. So I beat that last night. Uh, <laughs> and everything, and I played it through on hard, and it wasn't as hard as I remember. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if I want to attribute that to the um, my familiarity with the levels. Like, I, I've played through it twice before, so, you know, I, I kind of know where people are coming from and what's going to happen, which I, I was impressed with how well I remembered the game, because I haven't played it in like a year. Um, but I, so I played that on hard, so I'm, I'm used to the hard difficulty and, you know, I, I wasn't getting frustrated, but I don't know if that'll change once I get into combat that I'm not, you know, familiar with or scenarios I haven't run through once before in, uh, in Uncharted 3. Yeah. I'm excited to hear more about it. Definitely. Uh, This is something that me as a non PS3 owner, um, I, I feel like I'm, you know, kind of left out, but Uh damn it. (laughs) So, so Dennis, did you have anything else that you've been playing? Uh, I played through Uncharted 2, and I kind of talked about that. Um, I've also been playing a, a PS1 game that is old and very near and dear to my heart, in anticipation of it showing up on a, a certain other podcast at, at some point. So uh, <laughs> should I talk about that, or should I save my comments for the, uh, the other podcast? Uh, go, 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 ahead and say what you, go, go ahead and say what you want to say. Okay, yeah. Um, so first off, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Watch Out for Fireballs, um, watch check out. It out. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> you should go check it out. Um, and uh, you're allowed to submit uh, games for them to do. So I, I don't know how many months down the line this is going to show up, but I I played Ape Escape as a, a game oh, a long, yeah. long time ago. It, it was the first PS1 game to truly make use of all the different things you could do with dual analog uh, sticks. 
And to that extent, maybe it's a little bit gimmicky in that it's like, oh my god, you can use the sticks for everything! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it it actually is, you know, they use the sticks for everything except for camera movement. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the the one's frustration that I had to get used to (laughs) starting this game. (laughs) Um, You gotta gotta reach over to the D-pad. Oh Um, no. But uh, it, you know, for the most part, you can you can tap L one to recenter the camera behind yourself, and that way, you just kind of periodically tap that as you're running around, and it, it does a fairly good job. And it's something it, it's definitely something you got to get used to. But um, yeah, I played this game, played the hell out of this game as a kid, and loved it. And so, kind of the the opportunity or the idea of being able to go back through it um, was very alluring. And um, I dug into like the desk that has all of the old games. Uh, in it and, and was very glad to find it so I spent a little time with that cool yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't ignore how important that is because two sticks that's absurd why would we want to oh yeah okay I see it now I know why we would want two sticks yeah <laughs> which so. it's it's funny because from a camera perspective this game is a case study in why you want two sticks <laughs> uh, counterpoint God of War 3 and God of War Ooh. 1 and God of War Ooh. 2 damn and it Zelda <laughs> triple comp fourple combo <laughs> counterpoint <laughs> <laughs> but so, so it, I, it can be done well. It can be. Um, this this is not that instance. But I love this game so much that I'm willing to to overlook it. And uh, hopefully, I, I, I Cole, do you have any history with this game? Or um, I played it briefly uh, way back when. Um, I'm more familiar with the um, Monkey Hunter uh, uh, mini game for Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Where I you never, were but, looking. Where, where you were hunting down the uh, the monkeys from Ape Escape as Solid Snake. Yeah, that big boss sounds rather. awesome. Yeah. I I remember playing that as well. I didn't know... I, n- I never knew what game that was referencing, though. <laughs> yep, it's Ape Escape. And it's... it's uh, I highly recommend it. So if you... Uh, whenever it does come out on, on Watch Out for Fireballs, if it comes out, uh, uh, get, pick it up, play it, um, and it, it'll certainly be time well spent. That was episode number 134 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Very much we appreciate your time and your attention. What you can do here, you can visit duckfeed.tv and check out all of our other shows. This is a little bit of cross-promotion. I do a show with my brother called Those Damn Ross Kids. Do a show with Gary Butterfield from Dead Idea Valhalla called Watch Out for Fireballs. That one's about retro games, as uh, Dennis uh, mentioned earlier. And uh, while you're there, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. You can like us on Facebook, and you can go to duckfeed.tv slash donate and uh, slip us a couple of bucks. We're getting big, fellas. We're getting big. And uh, with that comes bandwidth uh, charges. So, you know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but, uh, you know, it is a free podcast. How dare you use my internet? <laughs> exactly. But other than that, you know, just keep on listening. We really like it. We like it that you're uh, that you're paying attention. So uh, for DTR, this is Cole Ross, David Mysteria, Ben Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing Have a good week. <laughs> Month? There. We go. Okay. I'm going to keep it that way. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going. <laughs>